the Recovery Revolution will be podcast on the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Network. This is the Unruffled Podcast, episode 193. This is a podcast about recovery through creativity. We live an intentional life. We thrive. I am Sandra Primo. And I'm Tammy Salas. And we are The Unruffled. Hello, Unruffled listeners. We are popping in at the top of the show to share with you several ways that you can help support the podcast. First, you can become a patron of the show by donating to our Patreon fundraising campaign. Please consider supporting our consistent effort in bringing you weekly content on creativity and recovery, all for less than the price of a latte. For just a dollar an episode, you will receive early access to each week's show as our way of saying thank you. If every listener did this, we would be over the moon. The link to our Patreon campaign is www.patreon.com backslash the unruffled podcast. And that's not it. You can share our show on social media or with your friends, and you can subscribe to the podcast and give us a rating on iTunes. All of this helps our little show immensely. And we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Now onto the show. Hey, Sandra. Good morning. What's going on, girl? (laughs) Um, you know, just getting ready for this week. It's almost Christmas. Yeah. And solstice and Christmas. And, um, my favorite day is the day after Christmas when I get to take everything down and clean my house. That's kind of Christmas gal. I am Sandra. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) It makes me just want to just gouge out both of my eyeballs and Stick hot pokers in my ears for even hearing that. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, that's that's, that's, that's how my mom did it. That's how my mom fires you up. Mm -hmm. She, uh, she, uh, she took it all down on boxing day. That was the day. And uh, there's something about that. That just reminds me of, of how our holidays went. They were sweet. They were good. But when they were done, they were done. She was over it. Um, But I don't know. It'll feel different this year. So we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I wanted to say, um, at the top of the show, just I've been working really hard, Sandra, I know you've been working really hard, um, putting out a little program and, uh, there's still time. Um, it's going to start next Monday, uh, the 28th and it's called the invitation and, uh, it's going to be a six week class, um, inviting people to pick their words for the year, which I know we're going to talk about, you know, in a couple of weeks when we, on, on our new year show, which I love. And it's going to be about just practices and evening routines, morning routines, gratitude and sacred adornment. And so if anybody is interested in that, they can go to my website at TammySolace.com. There's still time to sign up. It's $99. It's going to be really fun. Mm. That's, I can't wait. Yeah. Um, I can't wait for it. Uh, let's see. You can go to the unruffle.com and sign up for my newsletter. I love writing it. Um, you can also, um, still, if you're signed up for my newsletter, I'm still offering a discount code 
uh, to work with me one-on-one through Change Your Story. Um, it's 25% off and I share the code in my newsletter. Ding, ding, ding. So if you just go to my website and sign up, you'll get that. If you'd like to um, work with me in the new year, now is a great time to commit. Yeah. And that is it. Oh, so today we're going to be chatting with our friend Cody. And Cody um, met me in Paris. Sandra, Sandra you, you met him first. You, you introduced him to me. You shared him with me, which what a gift. Thank you. I did. <laughs> you totally shared him with me. You met me I in did. Paris. Awesome. And then we, all three of us, schemed up this beautiful plan to go to Florence and to take some unruffleds with us and to travel sober and just have this really decadent, wonderful time together. And um, we planned it all in January, executed. Cody worked so hard building the website and the content and the copy. And we launched it. And on Valentine's Day, I believe, we sold it out in a week. And we were high as kites, weren't we, Sandra? We really were. Boy, those were fun times, weren't they? <laughs> oh, in February. Do you remember February? <laughs> I do. I finally remember February. <laughs> yeah. And then hmm. and then the pandemic news started coming down the pike. More, you know, more like that it was a real thing here in the United States. And we had to cancel and refund all of our beautiful um the women who signed up refunded their um, monies, uh, dealt with the villa that never, never reimbursed us, you know, and so we absorbed that and we've been working really hard all year to uh, make up for that. And, uh, you know, it just, it wasn't meant to be, but we haven't stopped dreaming about it. And, and so reached out to Cody uh, a couple of weeks ago, I'd been missing him. And thought, I asked Sandra, I'm like, let's have, should we have Cody on the show? Like, it's, it sounds like a, you know, let's just chat, just have a conversation. And because we could talk to him for hours, right, Sandra? Right. Yeah. We just, we hadn't caught up in a while and we wanted to catch up. And, um, but you'll see that it gets, um, mm -hmm. it's, uh, it, we jump right in. So mm -hmm. it, it is, we do have a little bit of fun later, but it's kind of a serious conversation too. Mm -hmm. And so sweet and yeah. tender. And we just love, we just love our Cody so much. Mm -hmm. And um, we got so much good response the first time he was on. And so we were really happy to have him back. Um, I don't have the episode pulled up that he was on originally, but. Oh, um, yeah. It's episode it's 132. Not. 132 is Cody. Um, if people want right. to go back and listen. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and we mentioned it in the uh, la last week's episode, but we also had a little bit of a little more sound problems, but um, we were aware of them at this point. <laughs> and so uh, we did a little better in trying to accommodate um, the, uh, the kind of lag that we were having Um we experienced on Linda Palmer's episode. So we tried to um, just be a little more aware of it. There's less talking over each other, I think. 
Um, there is. And that, again, it just, we recorded these back to back and we were trying to figure it out. And I, I don't know that we've even fully figured it out. So I need to address that. I'll, I'll be talking to our producer uh, to see if there's any way to fix it. But we, a little bit sounds like we're talking over each other a couple spots in here. And so my apologies again, but it's a phenomenal chat. We love Cody so much. And we think you're going to get a lot out of this episode. Absolutely. All right. Will you guys enjoy Cody? Oh, hey, Cody. Hi. Good morning, Cody. It's not morning for you, but. No, it's dark out already here. Mm, I know. Miss you. I know. I've been. It's. This year was so weird. (laughs) Right? I know. It's been a weird year. It's been a weird year, but it's been a weird year for everybody. So, yeah. right. At least you know. we can take comfort and that we are not um, an outlier. Or, yeah. 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 Weird. I almost kind of feel like <laughs> I feel weird in the sense that, like, I'm someone who's like personally been thriving in lockdown. Like, if I never left my house again, I would be perfectly content. Because um, I'm also someone who's never bored. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm never. I always have something to do. I always, like, even if it's doing nothing, like I'm perfectly content with doing nothing. Do you know what right. I mean? Right. I know. FOMO I doesn't t- exist. totally know what you mean mm-hmm. because I say that all the time. I'm never yeah. bored. Like I, yeah. I look at people like a quizzical dog, you know, like my yeah. head turns back and forth when any, I hear anyone say they're bored, mm-hmm. even my kids. I'm just like, what, how, yeah. can, how can that be? Mm-hmm. Um, how can you be bored? Because that, yeah, that, that does not compute with me yeah. either. Yeah. But I wanted to ask you, Cody, mm-hmm. have you like felt drinky at all this, you know, pandemic? Oh, okay. Well, we'll jump right into yeah, it. We're just gonna um, get there. Yeah. <laughs> <Let's go> there. <laughs> okay. It's like a story, and like, yeah, I have. <laughs> and um, yeah, I had a relapse this pandemic. Oh, yeah. we are jumping right in. We're jumping right in. We're right. and I was like debating. I was like, do I talk about this? Do I not talk about it? And I was like, you know what? I kind of feel like not. I mean, this is a generalization, and I'm not saying this about anything, but I feel like if uh, most of your guests are like, I'm sober and I run a sober company and I'm very sober. You know what I mean? So it's like, mm-hmm. it, I mm-hmm. mean, I'm. Uh, it's real. You know? It's so, what happens. Yeah, yeah, and it's what happens. And it's like I remember. I don't know if we discussed this. I mean, I think we, we discussed this. I don't remember if you discussed this on your podcast, but you kind of described the urge to drink as kind of rushing over you, like coming in like a breeze and rushing over your body. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of what happened to me. Like it was literally one day I was fine, like fine, fine, you know? sorry. I'm like, Mm. I'm not like emotional about it, but it's just like scary. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's just this thing that I haven't really, I talked to one friend about it. Um, and so it kind of like, I was just fine. And I just, all of a sudden it's rolled in (laughs) like through an open window. And it was just like, Oh, I think you should start drinking wine again. And Mm -hmm. I was like, of course. That makes sense. Now's a great and, time to do it. You're home. Well, and it also was like, I've thought about it so much the past, um, like, I guess it's a, it's a month-ish. But it, 
it rolled in and it seemed very rational because it was, I had a, I mean, I don't know, again, this is like fuzzy because it's like, I had three years of sobriety ish, like about, and, um, just shy of it. And now I'm like, am I three years sober? Am I like one month sober? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. So we'll work it all out today, I guess. But so that kind of just, it just popped into my mind and it seemed very rational. And I was like, of course this makes sense. I no longer have a problem. And, but I knew in the, my stomach, do you know what I mean? Like I knew that I was playing with fire and I was like, okay, what do I do to make this rational? Mm. And then that kind of was like, well, I'm going to do it in a week. And so this is kind of like, I don't know. And I wanted to talk to you about this today because I feel like I had this, (laughs) we keep our wine in the basement. Like my, my partner still drinks and I'm fine with that. I cook with wine. I have it in the house. It does like, I'm good. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm, if I've made my mind up to not do something, like I don't do it, you know? And so we had this like bottle of wine we bought like years and years ago that I just couldn't stop thinking about. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that was the and one. That was the one. And that was like, well, of course that will be the one that I drink because in the back of my mind, whether or not I knew it or acknowledged it over the last three years, it was there. It was in the back of my mind. Like I couldn't, you know what I mean? Like it didn't, it was there and I didn't acknowledge it and I didn't want to acknowledge it, but it was there. You know what I mean? And I had a phone call with a friend and I went through my Rolodex of people in my mind who I could call to discuss this. And of course it was the other, (laughs) it was manipulative. If I called a friend. It was the people that would confirm your. Of course, of course. And so I called her. And I basically very matter of factly said to her, like, I think I'm good. It's been three years. I would like to drink a glass of wine every once in a while. And she was kind of like, "Eh, I don't know. And I was like, well, that's how I am. So that's what's happening. And she was like, and I was like, I just feel dull. Like I don't, I don't feel sparkly anymore. And she's like, Mm. and she said to me in that moment, she was like, Cody, you're so fun now, you know, like you, I really like you, you know, mm-hmm. because I, I mean, the things that I've done in the past, you know, like not the best. So I was just kind of like, well, that's very nice. And then I moved on and um, yeah. And then it was, you know, I discussed it with my partner. I was like, Hey, but that's the other part of like, maybe the manipulation is that I've never been super, I've always done it very privately. So my recovery has always been very private. My, the conversations we've had are, have been very private. My hiding it had been very private. So mm-hmm. when I quit drinking, it didn't seem like a big deal because I didn't make it into a big deal because I was able to hide it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'd have a bottle of wine before I'd come home. And then when he got home, I'd have a glass with him. And then while I was doing the dishes, I drank another half of wine. So and then anyway, the long story short is like, we had a glass of wine and then I had another one and then he had to go back to work after dinner. And then I drank two bottles of wine and got violently sick. And mm-hmm. that's, you know, what happened. I'm sorry, honey. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's okay. And it was like, I, I really struggled like, I was like, do I talk about this or do I not want to talk about it? But I want to be really honest. And I'm not, 
I'm not the same person that I was three years ago. I am a different person. Mm. You know what I mean? This does not, this moment doesn't define who I am. This moment doesn't erase the recovery that I've done in recovery. Um, but for me, what I took from this moment was my biggest challenge up to now has been my romanticism of alcohol, particularly wine. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people share that. Sure. Um, and I think it is something that is pervasive in our culture and pervasive. For me, it was, it was, a, it was deeply in my character of who I was as I was that Chardonnay drinking, wine loving, kind of kooky old Mrs. Roper character, but like bitter. Mm. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. that that was part of my character. That was who I was. And that was like, I haven't unpacked that, you know? I haven't, un and those are the people that I kind of gravitated to culturally growing up. Like I was, and I've, I've tried to kind of unpack this in the last couple of weeks and, and really try to examine it because after that incident, I really have had no desire to drink and, and kind of a, kind of a no desire to like, like I've almost figured that part out. Like that's a part of my recovery that was clearly lingering and clearly a problem that either I didn't want to examine or it just came up later on, you know, like mm -hmm. you can't, it, it recovery is not, okay, let's drag the suitcase full of all your baggage and garbage and shit and lay it out on the bed and sort it through. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like, let's clean the hoarder basement out and we don't know what lurks right. <laughs> under the stairs, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and as part of it too, Cody, you know, like for me, you know, yeah, I had those like identities that I romanticized. Mm -hmm. The actual feeling while I was drunk never matched up no with that sort of yeah that you know kooky mrs roper sort of feeling i wanted or whatever mm -hmm. glamorous yeah. or or sophisticated or mm -hmm. uh yeah. you know witty like you know the yeah. the, the reality never matched mm -hmm. the the what you know what i had in my head that i you know was aspiring to Mm -hmm. Cody, would you yeah. say? And I think. <sighs> go ahead. No, go ahead. Sorry. No, it's. Not, I hope it's not doing this thing. Um, I, I just. What, I've heard it said in rooms. In the rooms, when people talk about when they go back out and drink. Um, I mean, I think this gives you more information. Is what the one thing that I wanted to say. This gives you more information about you, which you've already just relayed here. But that you, um, mm -hmm. going back out and drinking is like planning a dinner party. It's like, you know, you're going to go back out and drink. Like you kind of, you had that bottle of wine in your mind. Right. And then it's almost like orchestrating a dinner party. Mm -hmm. you're, you're going to get the, you're going to plan the menu. You're going to get this all ready and you're going to set yourself up to drink. Um, and it sounds like that's a little bit yeah. what happened. And, um, you know, I think in those instances, uh, I don't know that we can talk anybody out of that. Right. Like you could have, you know, phone a friend is a great idea, no, but if you're hell bent on going, I'm going to have that bottle of wine. I'm going <laughs> to have that experience. I'm going to romanticize the fuck out of it. And I'm going to see what it looks like. And it looks like 
two more bottles after your husband um, goes back to work. You know what I mean? Like it's um, no, one's going to talk you out of that. And then that mm-hmm. now you have more information. Yeah. No. Well, and do you think I was going to phone you? You know what I mean? Like I was, I was not going to phone you, you or Sandra. Right, you know? because like, we wouldn't have, like, we wouldn't have gone along. Because you'd be like, let's unpack this. Let's talk about sure. this. Sure. And you know, but my my you know first sponsor used to say that all the time to people. It's like, well, sounds like you got another drink in you. You know, it's like she wouldn't even yeah. try Which to. I hate. I hate that. <laughs> I I'm know. sorry. I really do. I hate. That. I know. It's just like, I get. It's so unhelpful, Mm -hmm. you know, like I get it, but I get it. Like I get it. I a hundred percent get it. But it's like, I actually had a friend who was struggling and someone said that to her and she was like, well, if I do, well, I guess I'm going to, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, but I get it. I understand that. It's dangerous. It, it is. It is a. It can be a dangerous thing to say. You're mm-hmm. right because because yeah. what if you hadn't have stopped after that night? Yeah. You know, what if you had if you hadn't have made yourself sick and you stopped? You know, what what if well, my, you could still be drinking? Now? My friend who I did phone, she said the closest. She said exactly what I needed to hear, which was like basically like you're enough. Yeah. You, you're you're mm-hmm. you're longing for someone who's no longer with us, and that's. Mm it's not necessary, you know? And so, I mean, the reality of this, that bottle of wine, I figured this out when I went to look for it, it's gone. It was gone. It wasn't there because I drank it before I quit drinking. Mm. I don't remember drinking it, but I, I know I do. Like, I remember drinking it, but it was gone. Oh, that like, isn't that interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was, so this thing that I've been like longing for and, and fantasizing about was, um, it was gone. You so already drank it and didn't even remember I it. Drank it and you know, like you it. were, you had made it so special in your mind, yeah. like it was going to be some special experience, yeah. but you didn't even remember drinking it, which that exactly. speaks to the whole fucking experience, yeah. right? Yeah. Like we think it's going to be this special monumental thing and it never is. We don't even remember doing it. Well, I think we've, we've discussed this together. My three big things in life have always been sugar was my first entree into problems, then cigarettes, then alcohol. And I quit smoking in March because I, like I quit, I've quit smoking like a billion times, but like, it's the thing that I've struggled with the most in my life. And when I quit in March, I felt so terrible Like I would lay around and I'm not, again, let me preface this by saying like, I do not wish to be sick. I do not wish to die. But I found myself fantasizing that if, if it were relayed to me that I had some sort of illness and given it a year to live, like I was fantasizing about going and buying a bottle of wine, a pack of cigarettes and a cake and doing that for a year. Do you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? So that was where... In deep down inside of me, I still, I did have that last drink in me. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like I, it, you shouldn't be living a life when you think if you're told it may be ending, that the first thing you would do is the opposite of what you're doing, you know? Um, and I think safely for the first time in three years, I will safely say if I were given horrible news or like, God forbid I got sick, especially in this time that like we're going through, like, I would do exactly what I'm doing, you know, like it wouldn't, I wouldn't be eating a cake and I, well, I'd probably be eating a cake actually, but um, (laughs) I wouldn't be smoking and I wouldn't be drinking. Right. You've solved the, you've solved the mystery now. You, you, it's, it's solidified now. And I do think that like, I did want to talk about it today because like, 
I know other people are going through this. You know what I mean? Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's, I kind of thought that like, oh, all it's going to take is a year of like, for me, it was this, it really was an identity that, and that was, and that's the information that I've gleaned from this, that like deep down inside of me, um, I was longing for a person that I no longer was. And it was, I mean, the experience itself, just like you said earlier in this conversation, like not interesting. It was not fun. It was not witty. It was not glamorous. It was sad. And I felt during the process, during that moment, I felt sad for what I'd put my body through for mm. years, you know, yeah. like it's crazy, you know? And I wanted to talk to you, Tammy, especially because like you owned a wine bar and that sort of like, I think, and, and Sandra, you too, you've worked in the restaurant industry. Like, Oh yeah. I was a, I was a, not of an official sommelier, but I fancied myself as. Yeah. And like, I took sommelier classes and I like, you know, like that doesn't, we need like a deprogramming. Do you know what I mean? Mm, And that's what I've realized is that like, I needed to deprogram. I needed to really look at it for what, and it's like easy to be like, oh, just look at it as a poison. It's, it's like, of course it's a poison, but like, I need, I need that cultural, I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know. So that's no. been my experience. And it's, I will say like, I was good. Do you know what I mean? But it also, I think to talk about like the third year of sobriety, it was like first year was like really hard. Second year, I was kind of like, okay, one is like, that's going to get really good. Cause it's still not that good, you know? And then the third year I was like, I'm actually feeling good. Like I, I'm, I'm, I can go to, I mean, I haven't been going out to dinner, but like I can go to dinner and not long for something. I can go on a vacation and I'm good. Like I can eat dinner. I'm good. You know, but deep down, I wasn't good. You know? Mm. Well, it's, it's an undoing. Well, I have to tell our listeners. Right. Yeah. 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 For sure. And just to let our listeners know, I did not know this information <laughs> prior to the question. Yeah, uh, I did. <laughs> but let's just say that your uh, your witchy aunt gets yeah. some feelings. I was having yeah. the vapors. You could have the vapors. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's- I know. And I actually did kind of, I don't know. I actually did like, I was like, should I kind of, I actually, it's so weird that you like contacted me because I was like, should I actually just phone, like call them up and be like, do you want to talk about this? Because this happened to me and I came out of nowhere and Hmm. fuck, you know, like, I don't know. We knew it. We kind of need to talk about it. (laughs) Yeah. You, your witchy, your witchy, witchy ways. I'm like, I'm going to leave Cody a message. I'm going to leave Cody a message on WhatsApp because clearly I dropped off the face of the earth with Cody because you left me that beautiful birthday message. And then I apparently took three months to reply to it. And maybe something was in my, yeah. I feel like, well, you've had this unique situation. I I mean, um, you were living, you know, in Paris and is it Burgundy or Bordeaux that you're in? I'm in Burgundy. Burgundy. And so you've lived there during all of the pandemic. Is that right? You guys went to the country? Yeah. Well, it's kind of, I mean, everybody's got the pandemic story, right? It's like, everybody remembers like where they were like during 9-11 and like when Whitney Houston died and like now COVID, you know, like that's, those are like my three touchstones in life basically that I can remember things. Um, So we, 
we're in the middle of, I think we had just launched Flow. We had sold it out. Everything was going to plan in my Virgo, uptight, very organized way. And I was very happy. And I had a couple friends visit one after the other, and they both had babies, like really small children. Um, And the first one came and she was like, great. Like, this is like, oh yeah, it's fine. Like we've been traveling around Europe for a couple of weeks. Like we're good. And then the next one came and she's like, yeah, that's kind of weird. Like there's a couple of people with masks on the plane. And then by the end of that week, we were like, we need to get you on a plane back to Canada. Like, like we, this is going to happen. Like it was instantaneous. And that's also when we kind of had to have those difficult conversations about, you know, canceling the trip. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that was hard. That was yeah. really hard. I mean, all the work that you had done and you built mm-hmm. us a website and that yeah. we had this vision, you know, and we had dreamt and talked about it and we were actually making this shit happen. And I remember being in Portland on a phone yeah. call with you and Sandra in January and here's the details and should we just launch this? I mean, we launched it to such success and sold it out within a week. And we had these grand plans. And for listeners that are listening, you know, we were going to go to Italy with unruffled listeners and have this beautiful, sober vacation and travel that that can be really hard for some people in early sobriety or sobriety in general. And we're going to have this experience and you've done all this research and I, you know, this beautiful hotel that used to be a convent and like just the estate that we're going to stay at. And it was all of this hard work. And then we had to shut it down and refund everyone's deposits. And yeah. it was a letdown. It was a really sad um, uh, realization for sure. I'm gonna come down. Yeah, it was, I mean, and it was sad too for, I was sad for the, I mean, I had so much fun working with you guys and like that's, I had so much fun. So for me, my heart was broken for the ladies who were all so nice. Like everyone who signed up for it. I didn't meet a lot of them, but I had email correspondences with most of them. And like, they were all so nice. And I was excited that they were going to get to go to these beautiful places and be together. And it was kind of imagining who would be friends with who. And, you know, that was the, that's the heartbreak of this year. You know, Mm -hmm. it's the, it's the lost opportunities, you know, um, And that was, that was hard. I think my, like, like a, my grandfather passed away a few days ago. And so Mm, he was like, it was, it's very sad, obviously. And I've like, you know, had a a kind of a hard time and my poor grandma, they'd been together for 65 years and I know. So it's hard. I feel very, I feel a deep, deep sadness for people who missed out on things like trips or weddings or, vacations or you know anything really but my the real I mean at the beginning of our conversation I said that like I'm thriving in quarantine and could never leave my house again and be fine and that is true however I have a deep deep sadness and empathy for people who have to do things like cancer or wildfires like you're going through Tammy or earthquakes or you know taking care of a sick parent or those are the people that like my heart breaks for. And that is, I can, I can't stop thinking about it all day long. You know what I mean? Like the things that we have to do during this, not the things that we couldn't do, you know? Mm, yeah. Like yeah. I, I can't go to my father's funeral, but I'm healthy. My grandmother is fine. 
life moves on. Old people die. Like that's, that's the reality of the world we live in. But like, I couldn't imagine having to, or having, could you imagine, like the people that I find often get left out of the conversations, especially in the media. It's like, there's always these articles of like how to work from home. Like if you hate your kids or like all these things, it's like, how do you fucking work in a grocery store during a pandemic for minimum wage? Mm-hmm. Oh, and not yeah, worry about totally. your life every day. Like, how, the, like, can mm-hmm. we, t- can we stop complaining about having to work from like, I know that it's hard. It's hard not being able to go to restaurants. It's hard not being able to go on vacations or have your wedding or whatever, but like, it's harder to have to do things. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. My husband and I were just talking about the, the workers that like take care of the elderly, mm-hmm. you know, that's a thankless yeah. damn job anyway, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it, and they don't, you know, p- get paid enough. I'm sh- certain. Yeah. <laughs> and yet they, you know, they, they, they show yeah. up, they don't have yeah. to, but they do. Yeah. So I don't know my heart, my heart's kind of been broken too, because it's like, if we can't not make a mask political and stay home like how are we going to fix global warming (laughs) how are we going to come together as a species and like give a planet to your kids that is better than the one you found you know Mm -hmm. like well then talk about that is the do you guys and have you seen in 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 France or even you know in your home country the same resistance that Americans that half of Americans are putting up against, you know, following the protocol and wearing a mask and yeah, and staying distance. Yeah. I mean, we really did well in the beginning. Like we went into a full month lockdown that in order to leave, you were allowed to leave your house once a day for exercise or to go to gro- the grocery store. And you had, every time you did this, you had to print out a form, fill it out, sign it. And then if you got caught and it was timed, like everything, it had a timestamp on it. So if like it was under a certain amount of time or whatever. And we really got our numbers down, but French, the French culture is very, um, it's a, it's a very old culture of traditions and routine and going on a six week vacation in the summer and then having a giant re they call it rentrée, which is like to go back to school. It's like back to school, essentially we screwed ourselves. So yes, mm. it's, you have to wear a mask here. However, do people properly wear masks? Are people wearing masks inside their homes? I don't think so because we're at this crazy, we're locked down in our houses again. Um, so I'm, I also like, I understand the place that I'm coming from, which is like, I don't have kids to take care of. I don't have parents to take care of. I, I have a, I live in a place where I have some outdoor space, you know, like I, I'm not working in a grocery store or restaurant, like right now, like a lot of my friends are, I'm lucky, very lucky. So if the least that I can do is sit in my house and when I go out of it, not get close to people and wear a mask, like that's what I can do, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was, so I was... And I guess I don't, I went on a, go ahead, Tammy. I'm so sorry if this is doing this sound thing with me again. Um, I have friends. No, it's actually me. I'm just interrupt. I'm ranting. (laughs) No, I think it's, we'll see. (laughs) Um, My friends that live in Paris that you pick me up at their apartment, I was talking with them 
And, you know, it did sound very extreme, the, 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 sh- the shelter in place in, in France or in Paris. Um, and she was talking mm. about the cards. There's like these time cards. They could, le- they could go one kilometer from their house, Sandra, for one hour a day. And you yeah. had to fill out these time cards. I mean, it was really, mm. they're taking it very seriously, it seemed like. And I was like, um, you know, yeah, it seems restrictive. And, but okay, that's just how it is because it's a fucking pandemic. Like you just got to do what you got to do. And I feel like, I don't know, yeah. sometimes it just feels so frustrating yeah. here to have so many uh, different views and that, you know, the, the conspiracy theories. And I don't know, it just feels maddening. And it seems like I want to be told what to do right now. Actually, I want to be safe. The panic attacks I have in grocery store parking lots, uh, not panic, well, if you, anxiety, not panic, but yeah, it's, it's big. Yeah. Like, it's like, it's like being told by the government agency, which we are, which is wear a seatbelt when you get into a car because you're going to save your own life and probably the lives of whoever you hit or blah, 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 blah. Like, do people go into their car, drive around for three hours and then get out of their car and say, ha, I told you I didn't need a seatbelt. No. Right. This is my sovereignty. And I, I really don't want to be like, I don't want to have like somebody come on and be like, bleh, 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 bleh. you know what I mean? It's, I, I am kind of at the point where I'm like, sorry, fuck you. Like put on your mask and like, let's move on. Let's get like, like I, life is tough. Life is hard, you know, for a lot of people. Let's, let's just do this, you know? Like, right. Let's you, get through it because there will, it. there will be a through it. Yeah. Right. There, there, I, I just can't, I have to stay, I don't know nauseatingly optimistic yeah. as it might be. I have yeah. to, I have to be hopeful that we will, there will be an end point to yeah. this, the, this pandemic, this particular pandemic. Yeah. Anyway. yeah. There, there has so, to, there has I don't to know. Be, I think there has to be an end point because I have to move to yeah. Paris. So that has to happen so that I, <gasps> I can do that. Do. Right. Oh. I mean, that's really what oh I want to talk God. about. You know, I, I want to talk about when the pandemic ends. Oh. About me, me, me. So that's like a real goal, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It's happening. As soon as I. So able. that's a real thing. You want to come to Paris mm-hmm. for a year. I think I would like okay. to. Okay. I wanted to do that myself. Um, I wanted to travel a lot more to, to France um, and to Paris, but in particular. And that never got to be, you know, and in my marriage, I. Um, you know, my husband's like, well, we already went to Paris. Like, why do you want to go back? And I was like, what? Like, so foreign. Like, I could go back there again and again and again. And I just thought with the timing of my divorce and my son going to college, if depending on the world, of course, and what's happening, um, I think it's the perfect time for me to spend a year in Paris. So, yeah, that's happening, Cody. Well, I have another plan for you, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you're going to come. Here. Yeah, so this is the plan. Yeah, tell me. Tell me what's up. <laughs> so I've thought about that. Cody's my life coach. Like, my life coach. Should we get rid of our apartment? <laughs> 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 so I talked about this, and I was like, should we get rid of the apartment? Because, like, we're never we're now living out here. And, like, whatever. And then um, I was like, we can't, my friend Tammy's coming to live with us for a year. And my partner's just like, uh, who's Tammy. And I was like, <laughs> coming to live with us for a year. And Don't he's like, know? Oh, okay. All right. Sure. We'll keep the apartment. So, yeah, exactly. But uh, what, here's really actually what the plan my stress. Is. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to pick you up at the airport with a beret and a baguette. Oh, great. Uh, <laughs> um, we're going to go back to my apartment. You're going to stay here for one month and paint. Then you're going to be sick of 
all things French. And then we're just going to move you around Europe and kind of like an eat, pray, love sort of thing. And then you'll just kind of come back and forth. You'll have a landing spot. Um, but oh. that's what I, that's what I anticipate. Oh, okay. I like that. Better. A year is a long like time. It's like an adventure kind of thing. Yeah. yeah like a Ooh. definitely an eat, pray, love sort of situation. Yeah. That's so, and then you, that and then sounds you can just, fun. Yeah. And then you can just be like, um, I'm going to Amsterdam for three weeks to learn seven words of Dutch and paint like Van Gogh. And then you'll come back and we'll have a week and blah, blah, blah. And then you'll, you know, I'll send you off to like Czech Republic or, you know, something, okay. it'll just kind of get a little, a little murkier as the time goes on. A little murkier. <laughs> are you, are you going to be a little more a, adventurous? A little funkier. Yeah. Are you, are you going to be creating a spreadsheet for me? Is that what's happening? Is, is are you going to do my itinerary? Like what's happening? I mean, I could. I, I mean, wouldn't, feel like you should. I mean, that's the thing is we're both Virgos. So it'll be like two people being like, let's be spontaneous when really we're just like have our spreadsheets and our timers. That's but, we, but we get each other. So I love Virgos who want to be spontaneous. It's just not possible. We do. We do. It's not possible. Yeah, exactly. That's so, hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. You have my yeah, number. Exactly. You have my number. What we should do is like fill, fill little. Yeah. You, I'm sorry. I must well, have. Well, I will have to jaunt out for one of those. Yeah. So, yeah. so I literally keep interrupting you. It's literally. No, it's I'm okay. I'm so excited to talk to you. It's yeah. it's just me. <laughs> well, I'm so excited because when I realized this, when well, I well, and I'll. I'm so sorry if it's fuck if it's me. Um, I'm just gonna say the statement, then I'll let you two go. <laughs> um, when I realized that I could do this and that like I can actually do anything, and then I was looking at my. Um, my divorce is not this, um, of course it's an ending, but it's also this really beautiful beginning and what feels a little scary and what feels a little bit, um, uh, you know, new, um, I know that there's always all these great growth opportunities that happen in those kind of moments, right. From recovery, I can pay attention and know that that has happened historically mm -hmm. for me and that, um, I can now, because I've, I've figured out how to work for myself that I can work anywhere. And I mean, that Sunday that we spent in Paris, Cody, going all around that sober Sunday, which like the, the city was not awake until what, 10, 11, 12, we got out early. I want to, I want to just experience and ha keep having those type of experiences. I want to, um, just embrace something different. It will be hard. It'll be uncomfortable. Cause I do like my home. I like having a home base that is mine. Um, but yeah, I think Bert's going to mm -hmm. love me. That's all I'm going to yeah. say about that. <laughs> Yeah. I, I honestly, I, I was like actually thinking about it. I was like, yeah, she should come and live. Perfect. And you can have the place to yourself on the weekends. Cause we'll be out here. You can have a couple mm -hmm. weekends in the country. I am the Einigar town of France. Like that's who I am to my core. So like you will eat well, there will be flowers. It will be very gay and you'll enjoy yourself. <laughs> Right. It sounds so amazing. <laughs> you know, I'm going to jaunt out there once or twice, but you know, it's so interesting. Like I have never wanted to live in another country. Like I, that's never been a fantasy of mine. I mean, maybe there was like a brief time in my twenties where I, I wanted to live in San Miguel de Allende in Mexico because I, you know, lots of artists live there and it's, it kind of has that same sort of, I, I romance, I romanticize Mexico, I guess, like maybe mm -hmm. like you romanticize um, Paris, Tammy, or France. And um, so there was a brief time, but I, I've never really wanted to just pick up and live in a different country, but I have always wanted to just have 
you know, like a, a summer home or, or we are a place to winter or, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing, like a place to, to several homes is what yeah. I've, what, how I've always, um, that this where my travel fantasy goes. Well, in, I mean, France isn't unique in this sense, but like you can buy such cheap houses here. Like they come with a million problems and everything's like horrendously complicated to do, but they're really cheap. (laughs) Good to know. (laughs) Yeah. Super cheap. So if you need a second home, you know, pop over here. I've been, I've been following design mom um, on Instagram. If you follow design mom, she's redoing a house in Normandy and kind of telling you the whole thing of how they do it and the masons that come and the, and the, and the tradesmen that come to the house and um, kind of taking you every step of the way. And, you know, the house costs $25,000, but you know, got it. It needs a new roof. It needs all of these things. And so, but she's showing how you do it. And she has five kids and she, you know, she, it's fascinating to me. I don't see me in Normandy, but I did think like, as I was thinking about this, like this is time is now for this. this. The time is now for me to do this. So whether um, I've been having yeah. some friends try to talk me into Barcelona, they say it was warmer. And I was like, yeah, but they don't have Cody in Barcelona, but yeah, we could do a day trip or a weekend trip to Barcelona, Cody. We could. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> the eat, pray, love tour. <laughs> I think like, I don't know. Again, that woman who's on Instagram with five kids, like effortlessly renovating her house in France. Like call me and tell me what to do because I'm struggling and have no kids and like the house is mostly done. So it's, I don't know, like it's, everything is more complicated over here. Like my partner and I will often sit down and fantasize about like living in in Seattle and going to Applebee's. Like that's literally what we're like lusting after. Do you know what I mean? Like that's what we want to do. Mm-hmm. Just something like basic bitch, just yeah, basic. So, uh, <laughs> Applebee's, man. I don't know. I don't know, Cody. I don't, I I don't that see that. There's a really good. Ch- <laughs> I hear there's a really good Chinese salad at Applebee's. Really? So uh, I'm I get it. it. Yeah, okay, I'm into it. Uh huh. Right, yeah, like time. crunchy and yeah, yeah, like one that you can't eat enough of. You could like yeah, eat pounds of it. But um, but yeah, and and really, uh, you can make anything look good on e- and easy on Instagram, yeah. right? So the reality is, yeah, yeah, not so much. I mean, I I recall your stories about you know the way the French work mm-hmm. and, you know, and how they, <laughs> how they, um, there's not necessarily what a sense of urgency all the time. Yeah. And- nothing's really urgent at all. Um, I don't know. I think like <laughs> we are idiots, first of all, like, I don't <laughs> the, the, like, I can use a screwdriver and a paintbrush and that's it. Like I am not, I'm handy, but like janky handy, like I'll make things, but it'll always be a bit janky. So, um, we bought, we bought this house like on a, We've been looking for a house for a long time, but we fell in love with this house. And we asked the, when we were looking at the house, we were like, like, this is such a dumb thing looking back. I was like, how's the roof? And it's like, what is he going to say? Horrible. It's going to cave in any moment. (laughs) It leaks all the time. No, he was like, it's great. And I, of course, was like, of course it's great. I'm an idiot. I don't know anything about roofs. So anyway, we literally just finished putting our roof on. We got a new roof. We it was like a year in the making, and they just finished today. Like we had to schedule this around, um, actually, the roof, and it's done. So, yeah, we're good. Well, and yes, Ugh, right. Having come to the end of my own home renovations, 
they take time. Yeah. yeah. Unless you just move out and like we mm-hmm. did and you just have, um, you know, everybody tackle every, you know, all of the contractors tack or who it's contracted out to tackle it all at once. Like we did, it still takes time. I mean, we were out for seven months or something. Well, but, And you had this all planned um, before the pandemic, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 As a matter of fact, we were sort of looking at our timeline from last year and we had started moving out previous to, you know, December, but we weren't actually officially out of our house and into the apartment, for, you know, a hundred percent until about now. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, so it definitely started before the pandemic and then the pandemic slowed it down by a few months. Yeah. Um, but, and, you know, and then when we moved in, we had to move back in because of our, our lease was up and they wouldn't go month to month. And so when we moved back in, everything wasn't quite done yet. And at that point it was like, oh my God, is it, is it going to get done? But, you know, again, I don't know how these things work either. And my husband assured me, yes, it gets done because they don't get the final check until it is. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. I get it now. <laughs> It's, I don't know. I get I, it now. Like, We were super lucky in our timeline too, because we bought the house last year. It'll be two years, uh, two years ago in February. But I think that that's like maybe a blessing about this whole experience that we're all going through is that people are a, I think people are figuring out like, why am I paying so much money to live in a really small apartment? when I could maybe go to a cool town that has like an art scene and a cool couple of cool restaurants and be in nature all the time. Like, I think people are kind of starting to figure that out a little bit. Um, and people are also like really into their homes right now, which I kind of, like, oh, I love. Yes. I'm such a nester that like, I'm living for people like figuring out the joys of like a good bed, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've had to go to the container store a couple of times and I've never seen a store so packed. No way. Um, Yes. Yes. Because people are like redesigning their spaces, mm-hmm. I guess. And so, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a good, a great time to do that. And you're right. I think a lot of like, like Tammy's doing, you know, you, you have a, have the, a moment to question like, you know, how is my space? Why do I live in the place that I live? Yeah. You know, is there something, you know, am I, am I confined to this or, or do I have options? Yeah. I have Tammy, I all summer um would think about you when I would blow it a candle. Every time I blew it a candle, I Aww. said a, I literally said a little prayer because normally when like I'm worried about someone, I like light a candle and I'm like, okay, this is like this is for so and so. But because of I've been so worried about all these fires, mm-hmm. like I don't know how you how has that been? It was very um it was very um as I was learning, I was getting training for gray area drinking coaching. And I learned a lot about just the nervous system and my nervous system was shot. And so what was interesting, what happened the, the night of the lightning complex fires, which I think were like on the mid August, it's like on a Sunday night. Um, I was up all night watching the lightning, you know, like, like I was going to control, uh, like stopping the fires or something. I had a lot of power Cody. Sandra, um, I felt like if I could mm-hmm. see where the lightning was going to hit, I could call 911 and let them know right away. Um, cause I live in the country where it's just dry, 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 dry. Right. And so I'm going to be on like vigilant night watch. 
And then my body was just so tense. And so um, I was doing these grounding practices of going to the beach every afternoon around four. It's super freaking smoky. And the fires were about 10 miles away from my house. But I would go to the beach, you know, with your mask. And then I take it off for a half an hour. And I would sit on the beach and I would hold these rocks that I found and I put my feet in the sand and I had to get grounded. And um, it really, really helped. But to be on high alert all the time, to be hypervigilant, to be in flight mode, right? It's hard. And that that's it, mm-hmm. it was familiar to me because of the anxiety that I deal with and trying to manage, um, you know, if I feel a panic attack coming on. So it just helped. I felt hypervigilant and I felt just exhausted. And um, at the same time, uh, yeah. I, I just, it was, a, I was alone for a whole week without my son. Um, and these fires are going on and I just, mm. uh, it was hard. It was really hard. Um, the interesting thing about that was just that I, I had a lot of time to think, of course, you know, over, I should be an overthinkers anonymous, but it gave me, um, a lot of time just to reflect and the funny, you know, the odd, funny thing that happened yeah. in that time was that I also started dating someone, which was what a time, you know, when that kind of heightened, crazy, hypervigilant um, thing is going Lovers on. Love in a dangerous time. Love, oh, in the time, love in the time of COVID. <laughs> Not cholera, but COVID. Um, but <laughs> yep. it was like, um, and I have to say, I mean, I haven't really articulated this, but, or with this person, but I feel like I've just needed a companion too, to, to navigate the feelings of COVID. Like, you have your partner, Cody, and you have your husband, um, Sandra. And mm-hmm. as much as I am all about, you know, empowerment and I can do it myself and this is great and liberation and all of that, I miss being partnered. I miss being um, enthusiastically mm-hmm. met. You know, I miss those types of things. And so mm-hmm. was it smart to start dating in COVID? No, probably not, right? Um, you know, we want to try to quarantine right here at home. You don't want to have strangers and and dating. I say I've only dated one person, um, recently. So I just, it hasn't, uh, um, but it, it felt that actually helped Cody to answer your question. It has helped to, um, not be so alone with this feeling. Yeah. Well, I think actually like right now is maybe the best time to like strike up or rekindle either like romantic relationships or friendships, because this Mm -hmm. is like, we're, everybody's just scared and anxious and pissed off and, and sad. And like all of these things that is like the perfect recipe to like make those real connections, you know? Mm. I, I, that sounds like an invitation for me, Cody. I appreciate that you said that, <laughs> you know, I oh. have had a bit of, Well, yeah, I mean, this is a real thing. And I'm sure that some of you could probably relate that are listening to this. You know, I've watched a lot of my friends that aren't in recovery, um, just really, uh, be, be destructive and it's been hard for me to watch. And I, um, you know, I've, I've resisted I'll admit it. I've resisted reaching out to them mm-hmm. um, because, you know, there's a part of me that just, I mean, I, you know, they know I'm here, mm-hmm. but um, you know, I think that 
I mean, it's what they're doing is that, you know, it's, 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 um, it's confirmed, you know, like you look out onto the landscape and everybody's doing it. That's how everybody's processing the pandemic and election and all of this stuff, you know, know. they're just drinking their faces off. So it's like, Oh, everybody else is doing it. So, Mm um, but but yeah, it's been, that's been a little hard for me. Like, mm. I think I've done the opposite with some of my mm. friends. I've, I've retreated yeah. and, and I've not, um, you know, I've not kind of, um, I've not worked on our connection at all mm. Yeah, because of that. I think I've almost like, you've said to me a few times, like you kind of thrive in chaos mm-hmm. and I kind of, I'm kind of thriving in a way because like, I'm, I am actually like very, I'm never bored. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I have everything I need. I'm never bored. And I'm really not struggling as much as a lot of my friends are. So I'm kind of the one that's like, Hey, are you good? Like what's going on? And I love to hear a good vent and like what they're going through. Um, my, my circle's actually been pretty responsible with the drinking references. Like people aren't, you know, I just think people are being pretty respectful of me and I'm not paying attention to a whole lot of social media, but there is, I think the point from what you just said, and I think you've said this before in a podcast and I was like, Oh, amen. But like being in recovery, like we've done this before. Do you know what I mean? Right. We felt Mm -hmm. uncomfortable in our skins. We've felt like we wanted to like, like be in bed, but running around at the same time. We've had to learn how to walk again. We've had to learn how to figure out the world imploding on us you know i've done it already you know to an extent privately on my own (laughs) at least everybody's doing it together this time Mm -hmm. yeah yeah no i agree and you know and maybe that there's a part of me that's yeah that's like oh can you can't you just get it get your shit together (laughs) come on you know Um, so yeah, I mean, that's a part, that's, that's something that I could, I could definitely work for work on. And, you know, and it's not like I don't have compassion Mm -hmm. for people and the fact that they aren't where I am, of course, you know, I do, but at the same time, yeah, it's just been hard for me to, I don't know. Yeah. I've, um, I've just kind of stayed in my bubble a little bit, I guess. I have a question just out of curiosity, like do you, you guys are a lot more, you have a much larger sober community than I do, but have you noticed that more people are kind of getting sober in quarantine or more people are not the opposite of that? Like, what do you, like, again, it's kind of hard to weed through the, like the wine memes and the like, haha third bottle tonight or whatever kind of posts. But like, what would you say the vibe is out there? Are people like, okay, this is the time to do it or this is the time that I'm just going to, sink into it. I don't know. Tammy, you should answer this because you're in more, you probably participate in more recovery groups yeah. than I do. Um, yeah, I've noticed, um, I've noticed that, uh, um, many of my clients are newly sober in this pandemic. So I, I, and, mm. and have had some troubles as well, you know, kind of, um, going back and trying it again, drinking and coming back and really knowing that they can focus on it. It feels almost like a, like it's allowed right now, you're home, you're working on yourself. You're not going out to restaurants. I mean, it's kind of a beautiful time to get mm-hmm. sober because there's the pressures of going out mm-hmm. and dining or Christmas parties aren't happening this year. Right. So the feeling that people might be feeling, yeah. um, uh, can be, 
it's going to, you can harness it for good right now. You can say, yes, I can get sober. I don't have all the distractions. I'm not having to feel obligated to go to all these parties and events and things and not having to say no. Um, but for me personally, I have found, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm thriving in this time too, Cody, even though it's been sad and even though there's been hard things with, uh, personal things in my life, my mother's health and my marriage and all of that kind of stuff. It's been hard, but not that hard. And I like being alone. I like being alone in my house. I work all day long until mm-hmm. midnight last night. I was working. I'm happily working. Like I, I take off a few hours in the afternoon for either a nap or to eat out of the ice cream tub, um, the gallon container, or to watch a little succession on that on HBO. I do take like a three hour window and then I go back to work at night and I, and I love it. And I do feel like I'm thriving, but I went to an event. I just want to say real quick. uh, I went to an event last Friday night. Um, I have a sober group here in my town. I live in a town of 126 people and I'm on a thread with about six or seven women here in this town. And, um, during the pandemic, it's been great. You know, people dropping off toilet paper at people's door, people saying, you know, one gal owns a restaurant, you know, we have pies and who wants to order pies, you know, who wants food? I'm going to town for Chinese who wants this or that. So this thread has been really nice in the beginning, especially when people were afraid to go to grocery stores, people were shopping, like if they were in town, they're picking up things for other people in town. So the thread has kind of gotten quieter as the pandemic has gone on. And last Friday night, there was a bonfire, um, a socially distanced bonfire with these ladies and everybody drinks. Um, And so I came down with my hop water and I um, had a beautiful tray of deviled eggs that I bought from the cheese company. And I was like, okay, I'm bringing this board of, of, of snacks and I have my drinks and I felt armed and ready for it. And it was really beautiful. Uh, I should have left at about hour 1.5. Um, and I ended up staying because it was fun to be social again and to actually be near people and to laugh. But the, the gradual yeah. evolution of people and what I noticed, Sandra, and we've talked about this too, and I'm sure you've noticed, Cody, all the great ideas that people have at hour three, <laughs> you know, I left at hour three, but they were like forming fitness clubs. They were, we're going to walk every day at 6am. We're going to do this or that. I haven't heard anything from anybody about any of those plans this week. I'm like, let me know. I'm up. I'm up. Right. <laughs> let me know. Oh, girl, I, I probably have nine <laughs> fitness clubs out there somewhere. <laughs> I've started. Oh yeah. I did that. I, I did that every time. Right? I think every time I got drunk, I wanted to start a book club. Right. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So, so what I, so what I noticed there, um, was, I was trying to sit and not in judgment, but also like Sandra, you and I talk about this, like in discernment, like I should have left at 1.5 hours, like at an hour and a half. I should have, that should have been my um, exit, but I stayed because I was longing for that connection. And um, my friend was coming over that night and he wasn't arriving yet. So I thought, I'll just hang out here until he gets here. And that wasn't the best move. Now I know that for the future that I really am going to just do a a short visit. Um, But on the text thread, for a while there, you know, they were talking a little bit about drinking and how to solve, you know, homeschooling kids and kind of those little jokes. I didn't know what to say. I didn't say anything, actually. I just opted out of, you know, returning those texts yeah. or, or seeing them. So I think if you're going to get sober, what a great time to get sober is right now. And yeah. that's what I think. So if anybody's right. Like, yeah, no, I, I, Hmm. I, I agree. I, you know, I think it's a def, it's a, it's a, 
it's a time that definitely invites introspection, you know, Mm -hmm. at the same time, I think, you know, if you uh, drink at home, if that was your thing, then, you know, it's a kind of a double-edged sword. Um, uh, if you drink in isolation and, you know, unless you are really intentional about joining an online group or, you know, participating in zoom call recovery, zoom calls, or, um, hiring a coach or whatever you're going to do. I think you, yeah, I think it's, it's, um, you know, you have to take some action. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, you know, if you um, were the type of person to, you know, to drink in isolation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah, Cody, I, it's hard for me to say because I'm not in a lot of like recovery call. I don't, you know, join a lot of recovery calls. We yeah. have one out of our secret Facebook group. We have um, about 30 women that come. Um, every Sunday and it's been beautiful. You know, I probably notice the numbers. I, I don't know, maybe T- Tammy might watch them too, but I get a lot of, um, I have a, a public unruffled page on Facebook. And so a lot of, um, women, you know, ping me from that page. Mm. And so, you know, I've been adding, I've been adding a lot of women lately. I will say that. So, you know, maybe there is, um, maybe this is the time that people are at least looking at it. Like, you know, wow, I've, I've, you know, been at home since March, like everybody else. And I, you know, I think it's, if you have a problem, if you have a a complicated relationship with alcohol, it's only going to be more visible. I think at this time. Well, I know for me, the, the more or less the only conduit for change in my life is when I get so sick of my own shit that I can't stand it any longer. Right. Like this stinks. Let's, why this stinks. am I sitting yeah. in it? Why am I sitting in this? <laughs> and I think that like, we've now had what March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December, like to sit and roll around in it. And I know, I know that if I was still drinking, oh, it would be, it would be game over. Because oh, yeah. you have nowhere to go. You have nowhere to be. You have, you don't have to shower. You can sleep. You know what I mean? Like it's, it would be game over for me. For, I no, know that. Totally. For sure. Totally. Like, I know. And I know that there's a lot of people out there still who are kind of like me enjoying this situation so they can drink. I mean, they're suffering of course, but I, you know what I mean? Like it's an opportunity to kind of indulge. And I think maybe right now, especially pre-Christmas and all that stuff, it may be a good time. I think New Year's is going to be a big, big time this year. I think everybody's going to, I mean, we're all, everybody kind of talks about 2020 as if when it's 2021, the whole thing's going to be over and it's going to be better, but it is an opportunity to, to for new growth and new beginnings, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I, I think you're right. Um, I think you're right. And yeah, I would have been the same way as you are describing. I'd have just been like, well, you know, there's no one to show up for. Mm -hmm. So I may as, you know, I may as well just drink through this. Mm -hmm. And, but yeah, I would have either been dead probably, Mm -hmm. or, you know, my husband and children would have been like, I don't know where you're going to live, but you aren't living here. You know, Mm -hmm. they would have been sick of my shit in April. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah. That, um, yeah, my, I only have one, my drinking only goes in one direction. Yeah. <laughs> it right. just, yeah, it mine. just, it mine just, mine too, as I've recently learned. <laughs> so I have, I have a, I have a question yep. for, 
for Cody. I have a question for Cody. So, um, mm-hmm. so you've shared this with us, this very vulnerable share here today. And I really appreciate it that you felt that mm-hmm. you could. And yeah. I don't think, are there, when you asked that question earlier, like I am in some other sobriety support groups and, um, uh, the luckiest club with Laura McCowan. Um, I host the Saturday night, every other Saturday night, I host a, a meeting and I try to talk about creativity and recovery on those calls, but I went to a Sunday morning. And so there's about a hundred people on that call on Saturday nights, but I went, I hosted a Sunday meeting that had, you know, 290 people in it, something like that on a Sunday morning at 8am, right. Or 7am my time. There's people out there that are getting up. And at the very beginning of that meeting, they asked them to introduce how many, how many, if you have less than 30 days to put it in the chat. And there's so many people trying. And so I just thought about that. And I was just curious, are Mm -hmm. you doing anything, Cody? um, Or have you done anything in the past that you want to return to that could help support you besides talking to us every once in a while? Do you know what I mean? Do you have a community or do you have anything that could help you? Well, I think that what I'm, I mean, again, I kind of, again, I'm not going to fall into the trap of like, oh, I'm good now. And I also don't want to like, I really am like treading very lightly about this because I learned a lot from that experience. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. On the other side of that, I'm, I feel okay. I'm no longer in the shame cycle. I'm not like, well, fuck this. Like I, I screwed everything up. Everything's gone and over. I've got back on the horse. You know what I mean? And taken some really important information about my identity and my personality and my attachments culturally, socially, psychologically, all of those things. But, um, no, I don't really have a plan. I don't. Um, my my plan actually was when this pandemic started, I actually kind of had the plan after two years of sobriety to go start AA and work the steps. Like I literally was like, okay, I'm someone who I like to know how to swim before I get in the pool. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm not taking swimming lessons unless I know how to swim and I can do it better than everybody in my class. Like that's just my nature. It's It's not a good way to be. It's just the way that I'm built in my brain. So I'm, when I'm really serious about something, I like to do it privately and quietly and intensely. That's when, you know, I'm, I'm really serious about something. And so I think after two years of sobriety, I was like, I actually want to get more out of this. And I want to go back to AA because I always have very positive experiences. I always found the, um, the people to be very welcoming. I also found um, it to be incredibly humbling to be in a room with people willing to share their stories. I, I, I really loved it. And so I think that's what I want to do in the future is go back to those meetings and work the steps. Mm. Mm. I appreciate the fact though, that you know yourself and you, you know, you, you know what you need to do, mm-hmm. you know, how do you, you need to tend to yourself mm-hmm. and your needs and, um, I like that, Cody. Yeah. It threw me, I mean, the whole thing threw me for a loop. It, it, mm-hmm. it, I mean, I guess that's the important lesson is like, I guess maybe something that I hear in um, a criticism of AA I often hear is, is kind of that mentality of like, if you don't come back, you're going to show up dead. You know what I mean? Like, not that, but mm-hmm. like, it's very like these extremes if you don't continue. And to be frank, it kind of did catch up with me. You know what I mean? Like it, I wasn't paying attention at all. 
And I kind of, I knew that in the months previous to that, I had disconnected from my sobriety. And I think what that came from is like, I was no longer running from the monster. You know what I mean? Like I could walk casually mm-hmm. down the road and the monster wasn't chasing me anymore because I'd, the pain lessens after a while, you know? Um, I also don't want to spend my life running away from a monster because I'm stronger than that monster, you know? Right. No, I totally relate to that. I relate Mm -hmm. to that. You know, if it was a struggle every day for me to stay sober, I don't think I could do it. I I don't Mm -hmm. think I, I don't think I could. Yeah. And I agree. I'm for me, it's the greatest. I'm, I'm not getting into the shame cycle about it, but I'm a little, I'm disappointed with myself that something that I value so much, I really kind of jeopardized it and, and, you know, played with fire when I shouldn't have and, and regret it, you know, but I'm also moving on and Mm -hmm. that's all I can do, I guess. So the progress isn't linear. It's not a straight line, you know? No, it's not. And I think having a certain amount of guilt, you know, or whatever regret Mm -hmm. means that you're human and you Mm -hmm. have, you know, you have a conscience and you, you know, you, you have aspirations for yourself. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I think if you just came in like all, you know, BDE, like, uh, (laughs) I got this ladies, you know, that would. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's, it's like really thrown me for a loop, but I'm, I'm hope. Yeah. And that's where I'm treading carefully is that like, I know I don't got this and I'm excited to work on the process, you know? Right. It's, It's not easy and it won't, I think I talked about this before, but like, (laughs) I always see on Facebook or on Instagram, like people have these like accounts where they'll show like people who look horrible, like on the, like horrible, like running makeup, like thin, like black eyes. And then they'll be like six months sober and they'll look totally different and gorgeous and beautiful. And I'm like, that was not my reality at all. You know, I looked worse. I sounded worse. I was unhappier. I was you know, it was a struggle. I wasn't <laughs> a before and after picture. I was like a after before picture, you know? Right. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. No, I get that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I look back at pictures and, you know, I look fabulous most of the time. <laughs> yeah, me too. Just, I mean, but that just speaks to how it's such an internal thing. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, you could be dying inside and nobody would know it. Yeah, exactly. I I hope, I hope one of your tools, Cody, is, um, is uh, the acronyms for BDE and that our listeners can really adopt it. So what is BDE? Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) Tell our listeners. (laughs) Big dick energy. Big dick energy. Yes. And having that kind of attitude and having, I mean, our, our little text thread is called BDE and I love it. (laughs) I talk with Natalie about this all the time too. Like when you have that energy, just like, I feel invincible sometimes, you know, and kind of channeling not again, sobriety isn't all just this, this, uh, soft, flowy, pink, cloudy place. There's really hard stuff and no pun intended. Um, but, um, having that positive energy, having what we're going to call a big dick energy, that's fine. I, I like that. I can channel that now. I like that. I can be, um, Mm -hmm. in charge of my own, you know, have my own agency and make my own fun. And, uh, 
and just, and tell the truth, like what you just did here today, that is BDE. So I'm mm-hmm. happy that you came on today, Cody. <gasps> Thank you. Well, I, I should say that I do have the biggest D on this call right now. So. You probably do. <laughs> I'm going to give you that. I should hope at least I'm hoping. Oh, what's the graphic? I, what's yeah, the graphic going to be? Like, this is not going to be some big, <laughs> oh. this is not going to be some big reveal, right? No, no. I, I did actually, <laughs> you, you do, you have the biggest VD. I do, I do. I do. <laughs> I wanted to tell you too, Tammy, and I should, I don't know why I'm doing this on the podcast, but I was watching a, I have two things to say about your Instagram every oh. day. It kills me when you're always like, quarantine routine day 948 and I'm like oh my god how long is this gonna go on for (laughs) like you're counting down I actually secretly love it but I'm always like (laughs) it's like a stark reminder of how long this is going on for I'm just like oh my god (laughs) we're at like day 250 what day is it today like 250 uh 287 280s, Jesus, Murphy. Oh my God. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the second thing that I, I actually had the biggest aha moment from a video that I watched on your Instagram. Hmm. And I don't know if you'll remember it. And I don't know if I'm going to explain it well, but it was a woman from PBS. That's all I know about her. Or maybe it was like public radio. I don't know. She was a red haired woman who explained the difference between like, and, and, or, and how, when you live your life kind of like this or that good or bad, like, happy or miserable like do you do you know what i'm talking about do you remember that i think it was both and maybe it was about yes exactly both and that's Mm -hmm. what it was exactly and that's kind of been my new mantra about Mm. almost everything Mm. is that i have a tendency to look at things black and white and my life is slowly morphing into both and Mm. recovery is both very difficult and very rewarding. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. pandemic, I'm riding the COVID coaster like everybody else too in a lot of ways where like some days are crazy. Like I feel crazy. And then other days I'm like really enjoying myself, you know? And like everything in my life is slowly morphing into both and, mm-hmm. you know? And isn't there so much more freedom in that space? Oh my God. And it almost kind of solved, like it doesn't solve anything, but it's like, we live in this world where everybody's angry about everything all the time and it's one way or the other way. And it, the world is just both. And, you know, everything mm. is, you know, that's, I don't know. It's been my philosophy. And so I kind of owe that to you. Um, mm. So keep posting those <laughs> videos. Cause it, it hit me over the head and it oh. changed my life. It's, it's oh. literally, yeah, I need to find it. If you have it somewhere or you yeah. remember it, look it I'll up, look. And I'll send look. it to me. Cause I don't, I randomly watched it and loved it. And yeah, both yeah. and. I love Instagram. Mm-hmm. I love Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, every time I pick Stevie Nicks, I think of Sandra and I think of you, Cody, and you are calling us <gasps> like the witchy, your witchy aunt. Oh my so God. yeah, I did that today. I played Rihanna for, uh, from, from Fleetwood Mac. For you I had a roommate four years ago who I, <laughs> I was going through this Fleetwood Mac phase where I played the Rumors album, like nonstop over and over and over again. It was just, ru- and everybody knows the Rumors Fleetwood Mac album, right? Mm-hmm. So of course, it, by the end, she was like, can, can you please, for the love of God, Cody, can you turn off Fleetwood Mac? And I was like, I love it. I never tire of it. Every year for the last, since mm-hmm. that happened, you know, you get the Spotify playlist. Like every year you get that like printout of like, what's been your fave all year. Every year it's the Fleetwood Mac rumors album. It never <laughs> changes. 
I'm afraid that my Spotify list is going to have Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas as my favorite song of the year. Because Oh my uh, gosh. Cody, you got to weigh in here. Sandra's not for it. I'm all about it. Where, where do you, where do you land with Mariah Carey's I, All I Want for Christmas? Okay. Here's my take on this. <laughs> if you have worked in the service industry at all, at any point in time, that song will have been drilled into your brain <laughs> and you loathe it. So thank you. I, That's what it has to be. Ooh, That's gotta be it's it. It's like working in like restaurants or like stores oh. or whatever. It's like, if I hear, and I am a Mariah fan, I'm like all about the fantasy, like give me Mariah. But that song is like nails. That and that stupid, Paul McCarthy, McCartney, Paul McCartney, sings a song that I just can't stand. Hmm. And I do think, I think it's my service, my service years of just like Christmas music. It, it's not for me. Do you know who my Christmas album is? Boney M. Do you know Boney M? No. Oh, oh my God. They're like, um, they're like Caribbean 1970s, very joyful. It's, oh. it's, Wait, it's what we would it? always listen to when I was kids. How do you spell that? to check that out. Boney, B-O-N-E. E-Y. Okay. All right. M. Just like it sounds. All right. And the whole album is like incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Aww. It's it's my favorite go-to, go-to Christmas album. Is that one of your oh, toolbox items for today, for Cody? Yeah. It's okay. festive. It's festive as fuck in here. It really is like, I'm very, <laughs> I like everyone else, I'm like fully embracing Christmas at this time. Like it's decked out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Well then for the, um, for the podcast art, you will have to take a photo of yourself in front of, um, some kind of Christmas as fuck. Uh, okay. I could do that. Something Christmas as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or, or it could be BDE. Picture. I don't know. Maybe something with BDE. You could do an image be- for that <laughs> with like a Santa hat on it or something. I don't, I don't know, need any great. more BDE pictures of myself <laughs> floating up. <laughs> Yeah, that's going to be excellent. Okay. I have too many of those photos floating around somewhere. I can't. Oh God. Okay. Yeah. PG. Well, we have loved talking to you, Cody. Do you have, I mean, I know we didn't fully, this is kind of, we were just having this interview today and just chatting basically just a conversation, but do you have, is Boney M your, one of your toolbox items for, for our listeners that they should listen to that? What else? I did actually think about my Oh, good. Tell me. I thought about my toolbox items. Um, and thank you for ha- having me today. I know you were like, can we have a nice light conversation? And then I'm like, uh, I relapsed and went on a rant. So sorry about that. It's I asked, I asked yeah. the question. You asked the question. Yeah. <laughs> you ask, you shall receive. Um, <laughs> next time I'll just be like, good. It's, it's good. It's good. Um, <laughs> fine. 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 Everything's fine. <laughs> Fine. Yeah, fine. Oh my God, that, that's my word for sure. Um, okay, so my toolbox this time, I said this last time and I actually rethought about this, perspective is everything. It really is, it changes. If I sit down and just think about looking at something differently, it will change. There's no way, you know what I mean? Like it just, like if you hang up, if you're hanging up a picture on the wall, you have to do it with someone else because you need to see it from your perspective and they need to see it from far away. You need to have those, that varying um, differences of view, you know? So that would be my, my number one that never, ever changes. Um, my number two would be reading. Um, you actually, Sandra, do you remember when you did your like, you did like 52 books in a year? Mm-hmm. Well, that was my goal this year. And I'm at like 23. <laughs> well, 
that's not bad. It's not bad. It's not bad because I've had times where I've read like a lot of books. And to be fair, a book is like, you can read a book that's like 40 pages long, or you can read like something crazy long. So it's, I have them stacked up in a row. So for me, what reading has really done is it's gotten me off my phone. I think everybody spends, I mean, I, I know most people spend too much time. So it gets me off my phone and our attention spans are so short. We can read a headline. We can see a article. We can see a Facebook post. So sitting down and reading for an hour, I try to do it every day. Actually, it's just read for an hour a day. And it just centers me totally. Um, mm. Can I plug a recovery book? Not plug a recovery. Please. Well, it's not, it's not really a recovery book, but you know, when you read a book, that you just want to like sing from the treetops for everyone to read. And you like, after you're done, you put it on your chest and you're like, oh my God, that was so good. Yes. My, the book that I just finished reading and that I sent to you is called Shuggy Bane. I sent it to Sandra, the name of it. Um, That's right. It is the most, it's about actually a child whose mother um, is a problem drinker, a very bad problem drinker and they're the two main characters in the story and it is it just won the booker prize actually and it's it's like it's a debut scottish but he lives in new york and it's incredible so i'm gonna put yes. that on my list because it, it 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 i think i looked it up and i did wasn't at the library and and then it went away yeah put, put that on the list it's the such list. a beautiful Thank book you. it's so incredible um, and then my third tool that I've been doing is, and that is grounding me. I mean, I love gardening. I love being in my yard. I love raking leaves. I love pulling weeds. I love planting things. Um, but there is something so therapeutic about tending to a plant and making sure that it has enough light and water. And it's kind of like cooking in the sense that like the more, you know, the more you enjoy it. Um, and that's been the experience for me where it's like, it's a bit science, it's a bit luck, it's a bit like biology and it, it's beauty. It's like heavily creative too, you know? So I know that like, but you can also just have plants in your apartment too, you know, just growing something I find to be incredibly, um, I don't want to use the word therapeutic because I hate when people use that term really usually, but I find it so... Um, like de- it just touches me on this weird, deep level and it calms me down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've experienced that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nature. Mm. Oh, Cody. I know I've missed you guys so much. Miss you so much. Can we just dream for just a second? Because mm-hmm. I just have to. I have to do a little future tripping here. Okay. okay let's do Can it. we say right now that, you know, while we may not be able to recreate flow, yeah, we're going to do something. We're going to do yeah. something. <laughs> I think so. I think so. And I think it's also an, imp- this is a great opportunity to talk about our friend Carol, who mm-hmm. has um, an incredible tourism business in Italy. And, um, she's still working. She's still, I mean, she's not doing stuff right now, but her business is continuing to grow. It's still going to go on is what I'm saying. And that more than ever after this, we're going to need 
vacations and we're going to need to see beautiful places and we're going to need to feel that magic. And whether your dream is to like go live in Italy or Paris for a year or like go to the lake on the weekend, you know what I mean? Like we all need to, we, I think future tripping right now, we need that, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and we also need to support all our friends who work in those industries so that, um, they survive so that they're still there in the end, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. So if you do need to dream and future trip, can I say Carol's website? I think it's Carol's, Carol's movable feast. If you Google Mm -hmm. that, you'll find her and I'm, I'm dying to go meet up with her in Italy. So. Yeah. And Carol, Carol Sigbaldi has been on the show. I can't recall the episode number right now, but she's been on the podcast. If anybody wants to Google her, um, Cody, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. She's a beautiful website. So my future tripping has been in the place of this moving abroad. It, it's, it is a little something that I needed to think like, I, I need something more than this, than what's happening here right now. And mm-hmm. not to future trip and yeah. um, bypass everything, but to have a beautiful dream to look forward to. And I know it's going to happen. And um, I want to thank your partner for keeping the Paris apartment. Just please give him all my love. <laughs> And Sandra are going to have rendezvous there. It's going to be great. I, will, I just can't wait. Just let them know. I can't. <laughs> really big thank you. I'll paint a painting for him. Okay, no problem. Yeah, no okay. problem. yeah just please let him know. We'll be dropping in. Two, yeah. two witchy ladies are going to come by one day and just live be with dropping us. dropping in. We yeah. will shower him with love and affection. Yeah, yeah. He'll probably yes. kick me out and keep you two. Mm-hmm. But. <laughs> oh, thanks. Uh, well, it was my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I could talk to you all day. Yeah, I loved it. Thanks, Cody. Thank you, Cody. The Unruffled Podcast was created and produced by Sandra Primo and Tammy Salas. Our show is edited and mixed by Steve Hecht. Original music composed and performed by Caitlin Schumacher. Original artwork created by Tammy with the help of graphic designers Chris Aguirre and Amy Lanier. Thanks for listening.